All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine. Today we're going to talk all about how to do an elimination diet. So if you have been struggling with stubborn digestive issues, maybe some weird skin flare-ups or chronic fatigue that's not relieved by a full night's sleep, might be time for an elimination diet. We briefly touched on this in our last episode, uh, all about food testing. So definitely go back and check out that episode if you missed it. But today we're going to dive into how to do it. So you can be a biohacker and really get down to the nitty gritty and pinpoint which foods are causing these issues. And we're going to do this by eliminating any potentially problematic foods and then reintroducing them one at a time and seeing what symptoms kind of arise. So we're going to be 
Sherlock Holmes of our diet today. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I don't know who wouldn't benefit from this. Pretty much everyone I know has some sort of reaction or sensitivity to something that they're eating or something in their environment. And if when Renee said weird skin flare-ups, if that sounded sort of foreign to you, stay tuned because there is a huge connection between skin health and the gut. And this is just your skin talking to you. It's your skin is telling you that there's something off. So it's not always going to be really obvious digestive issues. Skin issues can be um, a marker fatigue in the afternoon. A lot of people get really tired in the afternoon and that's super common, but I wouldn't say that's normal. Yeah, Lauren, that's great. I mean, like you said, everyone is different and there's a famous old quote that says one man's food is another man's poison, or I guess we should say one woman's food is another woman's poison now, nowadays, right? <laughs> one human's food. One human. But yeah, I think that's really interesting. I don't know if that quote was written when they were talking about food sensitivities or intolerances. I'm not sure where that came from, but it definitely applies to this situation where maybe you tolerate apples, but I don't tolerate apples. So don't think of a food as healthy or not healthy. It's just different based off of you know your genetics, your gut health, your immune health. There's so many factors. And we're going to dive in today to how to figure that out. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like this comes up a lot about how each of us is genetically and biologically different. So again, we're just trying to do the research and, and ask the right questions so we can figure out what's right for us. So when we're talking about an elimination diet, these generally last two to three weeks, I would say for the elimination, but in total, it's probably going to be about a five to six week journey to really take out all of those foods that are potential triggers and then to slowly reintroduce them so you can see what's working and what's not working. So it takes 21 to about 23 days for the antibodies in your bloodstream to recover. So all of those antigens and possible uh, inflammatory triggers, for lack of a better word, uh, it's going to take that long for them to exit the body. That's why we do these for two to three weeks. So after 21 days, you should hopefully notice a major decrease in the amount of inflammation. And that's why we're really here. We're talking about the inflammation that is created by these triggers by eating a food that your body doesn't want you to eat. And as we know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, inflammation is what makes you fat, sick, and tired. So we are always trying to work around this inflammation, make it work for us, and let it do the right things for our body instead of making us, again, fat, sick, and tired. Okay, so some stats on elimination diets or just about food allergies in general. There are about eight foods that account for 90% of all food allergy reactions. These are the main ones. Dairy, eggs, peanuts, wheat and gluten, soy, refined sugar, and added sugar, and corn. Those are the main offenders. So when we're talking about these elimination diets, that's sort of the best general way to start. But a really good tool here is just to always listen to your body. And if you feel like something is possibly having a negative reaction in your body, listen to that. And you should probably cut it out and do some research on that. So food allergies and or sensitivities are correlated with a lot of disease-related illnesses or just symptoms, symptoms that we don't really prefer to have in our lives, such as chronic fatigue, arthritis, asthma. I'm just going to run down this very long list of what, how these are negatively impacting our lives. Nutrient deficiencies, mood disorders, including depression, skin flare-ups like we already mentioned, like eczema, acne, 
autoimmune disorders, cognitive dysfunction, sleep disorders and insomnia, adrenal dysfunction, muscle and joint pain, ooh, weight gain and obesity, big one, migraines, kidney and gallbladder problems, and then the obvious ones like Crohn's, IBS, indigestion, all of those nasty um, gut problems that you may or may not be experiencing. Whew, that's quite the list. <laughs> I know. Maybe that's why Hippocrates said uh, disease begins in the gut, right? It's all correlated. Yeah, we can't talk about the gut enough. So, yeah. Let's talk about why it makes you hotter, our biohacker babe way. Something I think is really interesting is we find that this can eliminate or reduce belly bloating. And whenever I think about this, I always think back to this client I had years ago who had major uh, gut dysbiosis and food sensitivities, but she was very thin overall, like thin arms, thin legs, but she had this really bloated belly where she did look pregnant. And she actually had a couple people comment that she looked pregnant. You know, oh, that's no. like that, that always like awkward thing. Like, oh, you're expecting, when's the baby due? And you're like, uh, not, not pregnant. <laughs> oh God. I would never say something unless I was sure. That's really interesting. I know. But I, guess I know. People, people are so are funny. So happy for you. <laughs> yeah. But she did. She like looked six months pregnant anytime she ate. <sighs> wow. Um, so that's one thing. Um, definitely getting rid of that belly bloat is very helpful. And then improving- yeah, a lot of, sorry, just to interject, but a lot of people think yeah. that bloating is normal. People are like, after a meal, oh, I'm, I'm bloated. Oh, I'm burping. I have indigestion, heartburn. Those things are not normal. Oh gosh, no. have it. And so it's just become so common that like no one thinks it's a problem. We're all just accepting that we're like right. full of gas and- bubbles and whatever. Yeah. Status quo. Yeah. No, not normal. So yeah, got to get rid of that belly bloating. Something's going on if that's an issue for you. And then improving skin health. Like Lauren, you said, you know, the, the skin is really telling us what's going on in the gut. The gut is warning us through eczema, acne, psoriasis, rosacea, um, all of these signs, it's saying, hey, I need help. There's something going on. And of course, improving skin health is going to make you hotter, right? <laughs> and then improving mood disorders. So I think if you're a nicer, happier person, <laughs> you come off as being hotter, right? So Absolutely. we know that a lot of these food sensitivities are linked to depression and anxiety. Those are you know, really big ones. And even if you look at you know, people with schizophrenia, there's a lot of research showing that it's potentially you know, is it B12 deficiency? Is it uh, celiac or gluten sensitivity, wheat sensitivity? So a lot of connections there with the gut and brain. And then finally, decreasing inflammation. We don't want this just overall kind of inflammatory look, right? Where you're like, I hate to say it, but like kind of soft looking, you know what I mean? With that like extra layer of inflammation. No, um, thanks. Yeah, we want to get rid of that, get rid of that water retention that happens from all these inflammatory immune reactions that are going on from food sensitivities. So all of those are going to make you look better, feel better, and be hotter. <laughs> so I already sort of said this, but who is it for? It's for anyone struggling with health issues that haven't been resolved through other dietary and lifestyle changes. So if you're making all of those positive changes and you're still sort of like coming up against the wall, this is definitely something to look at. Um, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on food allergy or sensitivity testing, this is the perfect place to start because those tests are very expensive. We're not really sure if they're 100% accurate. I think there's a lot of information to be gained from them, 
but you might as well just start with an elimination diet and be your own biohacker and get this journey started on your own at home. Uh, also, it's very common for food allergy tests to show negative results. And usually that's because doctors are running IgE tests and not IgG. And the difference is IgE uh, is just going to show like the major symptoms like the belly bloat, uh, hives, like your general typical reaction that you hear about in food allergies. IgG is the stuff that's not quite as visible or noticeable, and it is wreaking havoc on your health. So we don't always know about the IgG reactions, and a lot of doctors don't test for it. So a good place to start is with the elimination. Yeah, I think something uh, funny to think about when I think of IgE, I always picture Will Smith in that movie Hitch, right? Do you remember that where he, uh, I think he ate like shellfish and his whole face blew up? Oh, I didn't see that movie. So that, think of, yeah, you should look it up. So Will Smith and Hitch, that's I-G-E. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Will Smith, for doing that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like you said, I-G-G is like the delayed reaction that we never tie to it. But yeah, I hear this all the time. People come in and I'm like, do you have any idea if you have any food allergies, sensitivities? They're like, oh no, I have absolutely none. I'm like, oh, how do you know that? And they're like, oh, well, my doctor did a skin prick test when I was five and said I didn't have any. Yeah, like, no. Oh, no, we, we need to look a little bit deeper. So don't, don't think that you just can rule it out because you had that test as a child. <laughs> we got to look deeper. Yeah, I don't know what the statistics are, but chances are there is something that is not working for you, something somewhere. Yeah. And so my journey with this kind of testing, I briefly mentioned in the last episode, you know, that I did the IgG testing and it came back negative. I didn't, didn't have any food reactions, which was good news because I could kind of cross that off my list. But this was interesting. In 2017, I went to see a nutritionist because it was during kind of the end of my journey of like really trying to figure out what was going on with my body and why I was so tired all the time. And she does muscle testing. Now I know this might be a little bit out there for some of you. I know there's a lot of debate whether that's like woo-woo or it actually works, but I am always open-minded. I'm willing to try anything, right? That's the biohacker way. So I went to her, she did the muscle testing and she picked up that I had a lot of food intolerances. So this is one step further from we have food allergies, food sensitivities, and then food intolerances. So an intolerance is just your body's not really digesting it. It's not really using that food properly and extracting the nutrients. And it's just causing a little bit of this low-grade inflammation and immune response. So that's one step further. So anyway, she did this testing and she picked up that I don't do well with high sulfur foods, high fat foods, especially high saturated fat, and obviously gluten and wheat, which like who doesn't react to that? <laughs> so she put me on this really low sulfur, low fat diet for three months. And I felt really good. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe this is legit. <laughs> so I've been very aware of like the sulfur issue since then. You know, I'm not 100% with it anymore because I found it was really hard. And I mean, I couldn't have any cruciferous vegetables for three months. I think most people would be like, I'm gladly going to take those out of my diet. But I like really missed cauliflower sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts, no, for three months. I know dad would be like, Yes, please prescribe good, that. Good. <laughs> yeah, but you don't realize how much you miss cauliflower rice until you can't have it three months in a row. Um, <laughs> also, no wine, not even our favorite wine that you might talk about later. Um, I couldn't have any of that either. No wine, no beer. I don't, I don't drink beer anyways. 
the wheat and gluten wasn't the big issue for me because I'm pretty much free of that already. But I don't know, it was an interesting journey. So I'm, you know, still trying to be aware of that and using my genetic testing to, to cater my diet. So are you able to eat those foods now or you're keeping them out completely? Yeah, I am. I am eating them now and I feel okay with them. I don't eat them every day, but, but every couple of days I do incorporate them and I always eat them cooked. That definitely helps. I don't, I don't do like the raw broccoli, raw cauliflower. Um, I always at least steam it or roast it. Right. That does help break it down. But so yeah. what was your reintroduction? So the reintroduction for me, it took about three months. It, yeah, it was a little bit of a process. I think I actually added the veggies back in first because she told me, she was like, whatever uh, whatever of this list of foods you want to add in first, you can add in. And I'm like, yes, cauliflower. <laughs> I think that was my first one. Um, and then I think I added in like almond butter and cashew butter next. So I like, couldn't wait to have those because she also took me off of a lot of the nuts and seeds just because of the high fat content. So I was excited to add those back in. But yeah, it was a slow process. And I think as we get into how to do this diet in a little bit, you'll see how once you heal the gut and get your digestive system working optimally, you can then tolerate those foods again. So I was able to then digest fats better, these high sulfur foods better, things like that. That's interesting. You're reminding me of a friend that used to have a dairy allergy. He couldn't have ice cream, which is not an ideal dairy source anyways, but he was intolerant. And so he cut it out and then he slowly, after a period of time, slowly started reintroducing it. He would have like just one little bite of it. And now he can tolerate dairy completely, which is interesting. Like he cleared the antibodies out. I'm assuming there was some sort of gut healing there, whether he was aware he was doing that or not, but now it's fine. So that's a much more complex discovery, but it is possible to get rid of some of these Yeah. That reminds me, I've been hearing in the news lately, I don't know if you've heard this, Lauren, about giving your child small amounts of like peanuts or peanut butter. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're obviously the peanut allergy is out of control. So I think they're trying to like introduce in small amounts at a younger age to prevent that full blown allergy. Yeah. I'm not a mother and I'm not sure I would be as willing to take that risk on. I know, right? Yeah. I think there's probably a lot of research out there and, and hopefully by the time I am a mother, there will be more right um, <laughs> proof of that working. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I'm so glad you can eat cauliflower again. I can't say yes. that our audience is supporting you on that, but I know, I know the things that excite me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what about you, Lauren? Are there any foods that you have found you have to stay away from? So I've never had any of the classic IGE Will Smith reactions. I'm so glad to know That's that good. reference now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make that famous. Yeah, I love it. I do know that I have some IgG reactions because I have done food allergy testing, but I've, I have learned a lot just from doing my own elimination diets and you know different detoxes. I'm not a big like cleanse detox person, but I've done a couple of sugar detoxes with you, which is definitely a worthwhile one. I was paleo. I was strict paleo for about a year. And that was probably like the greatest surge of like energy and brain function and like all the benefits regarding like physical performance and weight that I've ever experienced. And that was, well, with paleo, obviously cutting out all those major food allergens. It was the first time I really completely cut out gluten, 
all sugar, dairy, all of those things. I really enjoyed that. So I, I do my own version of paleo now. I've slowly added stuff back in. That reintroduction was really important, but I know I can tolerate some of those things. Like I, I don't really react to gluten, but I know that I feel better with less of it. <laughs> but wine, I know that I react to wine negatively. Like I always feel like crap when I drink wine at a bar. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. And I have like sort of cross-referenced that with the food allergy testing that I've done. And it's also sort of come back up on my DNA fit in 23andMe. But I'm allergic to tyramine, which is like a byproduct of fermentation and aging. Just to cut to the chase, like wine is one of those things along with like aged cheeses, cured meats, fermented vegetables. I know that I feel like crap when I drink that. And ever since I discovered dry farm wine, which is marketed as this like no sugar hangover free wine, I feel amazing when I drink it. That was just sort of process of elimination and, and cutting that out for a little while. I digress. So talking about this just reminded me of really, I think our first experience with like an elimination diet. Do you remember when we did the Czech Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1 with Rob Yang? And this was in like 2008, I guess. And we left for lunch break on Friday and he said, okay, this is the start of your weekend. No gluten, dairy, soy, sugar. I don't know if there was anything else. And we all went to Whole Foods for lunch. And I remember getting to Whole Foods looking at like the cold bar, hot bar. And I was like, can't have that. Can't have that. Can't have that. And I was like, mind blown how many things had a hidden like gluten, dairy, canola oil, obviously is a big problem. So oh, Whole Foods is like the worst place to start this. Don't go to the Whole yeah. Foods salad bar. It's but like, I had no idea. He was like, good luck. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but that was yeah. really like the start of this journey. Crazy to think back that far, but yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer that it, it's hard to eat clean. I mean, if you're going to do an elimination diet, it really is going to take a lot of work to buy your own groceries and make your own food at home. But I promise you it's worthwhile just clearing this stuff out of your body so then you have an awareness surrounding how your body reacts to foods. And you're not going to find that out if you're eating at the Whole Foods salad bar because, yeah, <laughs> you can get some good quality food there, but that salad bar is not the place. It's everything. Everything has dairy, gluten, as Renee said, canola oil. It's effing crap. So, yeah. You can always stick with like the raw veggies if they have organic veggies there, but nothing added. So, yeah, yeah let's jump into how we do this. <laughs> this is the fun part. I personally like combining an elimination diet with the functional medicine for our protocol, which is where we remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair. So along with this elimination diet, we're using supplementation to assist in the cleansing, the detoxing, and then the rebuilding of the gut. I think that if you're going to put all the work into the diet, why not get the extra benefit of rebuilding the gut, right? I think that Absolutely. Yeah. But it's so systematic. Right. It has to be laid out in a, in a certain fashion. You can't do all of these things at once. A lot of people get really excited about doing this right. and they try to make it all happen in, in two to three weeks. And as we started to say, like this whole journey can take, you know, closer to three months really to do a complete analysis. Right. So like you said, we want to start with the basics, really just cutting out all the big offenders, like we said before. And sticking with mostly, you know, lean animal protein, I say unlimited vegetables to start, maybe two fruits a day. And then the only fats I allow for the first phase when I do this with clients is olive oil, coconut oil, 
in avocado oil. I cut out all the other fats for the beginning phase. And, and I know there's different protocols out there, but I like to start with that basic part. And then, which is basically paleo, right? Like if you're sort of confused right now, you can look up a general paleo diet just to see which foods to focus on and which ones to eliminate. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Definitely. It's mostly paleo. The only thing I don't allow week, at least for week one, depending on the person is nuts and seeds, which mm-hmm. technically a paleo diet does allow. I just find a lot of people react to different nuts, especially the tree nuts. So I just yeah. cut those out to start. And, and then later on, right? So we'll add in the nuts and seeds. Then we can maybe eventually add in gluten-free grains. And we slowly ramp things back up. You know, it depends on the person how long this takes. But we want to keep it as clean as possible for as long as possible. And the trick is to only add in one food at a time. So maybe you get to the point where you want to test dairy and see how you do. I would say on Monday, eat dairy with breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like I, I recommend going all out and then don't add anything new in for the next three days and journal every little detail. And that should give you some good insight. And, and really you want to be adding in a new food every three days. Again, here your Sherlock Holmes. It's going to take a lot of, you know, journaling, note-taking, awareness. But if you do it right, you'll, you'll really pinpoint the foods that are causing these issues. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And like I said, I like to combine supplements with the process. So I always start with an aloe vera, make sure it's a really clean product. And this kind of increases the nutrient absorption in the gut, cleans out the intestines. Um, it can be a little bit of a natural laxative, so be careful with that. But I like using the aloe to start. And then from there, the next phase, I jump into using an antimicrobial. I really like GI Microbe X from Designs for Health. It's good for you know killing off fungus, yeast, bad bacteria, candida, parasites, anything that's maybe overgrown in the gut that shouldn't be there. So we want to kind of clean that stuff out. And then the next phase, we work on rebuilding the gut. I use a powder called GI Revive, also from Designs for Health. I really like this because it uses glutamine and some other gut healing ingredients. And we do that for a month. And I like to think of it as like sealing the gut. So you've probably heard the term leaky gut. This product is great for resealing that. And again, that's going to help with nutrient absorption and digestion and everything overall. And then at the end, then we add in probiotics. <laughs> so during this whole phase, I recommend people stay off of probiotics because you don't want to one, waste your money on throwing this good bacteria in that we might kill off with the antimicrobials. But two, we're just kind of guessing which probiotics you need. And if you do have an overgrowth of certain bacteria, the probiotics could cause more problems. So we wait till the very end to throw in a probiotic. So that's how I use supplements with the process in my practice. Seems to work very well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a killer program. If this sounds interesting to you and you want someone to help you through this, definitely contact Renee. She has a ton of experience with this stuff and can definitely be a great resource. So you can do the basic elimination diet on your own. And then if you want to upgrade and do the full gut repair, which honestly, you might as well just go all the way if you're even trying to go through this process at all. It's helpful to have a practitioner walk you through that. So we recommend paleo as the basic guideline of where to start to cut out the major offenders just to sort of bring this all back together. But some of you may need some specific support. If you're dealing with autoimmune issues, you could benefit from an AIP elimination, which is autoimmune protocol, or SIBO. Uh, A SIBO-specific diet is helpful. 
FODMAPs is also a great elimination specific to digestive issues. And then something like eliminating oxalates and salicylates, if that is right for you. So we will include some resources in the show notes. If you just heard all of these weird letters and acronyms and you're really lost, check out the show notes and we'll have some links so you can get started on doing this research for yourself. With that, we want you to know that our biggest piece of advice here is to take your time. Do not rush through this. The biggest mistake you can do is try to make this happen too quickly. This is a very committed journey, and if you're ready for it, that's amazing. But It's going to take time, so be patient. So that brings us to the debate controversy. Is more better when we're talking about elimination diets? We really need to look at this because I really appreciate when people want to go full throttle and are so committed to just making positive changes. But we really have to ask ourselves if going full throttle is going to be best for you. So I think elimination diets are not sustainable long term. And I think that deprivation can create some stress And I think there's also a lack of intent in creating lasting change. So if you're not trying to create lasting change, we really need to reevaluate your why here because the whole point of this is to create long-term health and longevity. So eating the same foods over and over again with a very restrictive diet also has some problems within itself. It creates some food sensitivities and can create allergies all in its own just by eating a small variety of foods you can create that allergy Um, just as an example I really love bell peppers they are like my favorite raw vegetable snack and when I recently did a viome test they came up as a red flag food for me and I think that's just because I've built up the antibodies because I'm constantly eating it was I allergic to it years ago probably not but this is a, a, a warning for me that I need to back off on that food a little bit so that's an issue that we run into Also, a lot of people will feel worse before they feel better. So I think a slow and steady approach may be more useful. But again, I'm just throwing this information out there because these are the questions that you need to ask yourself before you jump right into a program that feels like a complete overhaul. So how much is right for you? Do you want to go full throttle? Are you ready to accept all of those changes and, you know, sort of all the the mental emotional stuff that comes with it? I think easing in, in my opinion, is going to create more lasting change but that is for you to decide I think something like whole 30 can be sort of destructive or or not successful for a lot of people because they go all in for 30 days and then people actually don't take the second step which is a part of their program they have a step two which is the reintegration because people are really overwhelmed by the 30 days they feel really restricted they feel deprived because they haven't had any sugar no alcohol and so on day 31 or day one after the 30 days, you're like, screw it. I'm going to add everything back in. And then you sort of have ruined the entire point of that process, right? Like you're not getting- Waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of time. So you like cleaned house and then you actually added way more stress and inflammation to your body than you probably had to begin with. So what was the point? Like, what did you get out of those 30 days? So it's really, really important to make sure it's going to work for you. So if you can tolerate those 30 days, great, but it goes beyond the 30 days. So you have to reintegrate in the proper way. You have to document and you have to be ready to make this a lasting change. Otherwise, I don't know, go on with your inflammatory state. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, trying to be real with you. Yeah. And like you said, be patient for the results. Just something to keep in mind is you're you're not going to heal your gut in 30 days if you've been torturing your gut for 30 years. 
you know? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I see people like, you know, they're in their fifties or sixties and they're like, well, I've been gluten-free for a week. What the heck? I'm like, but you ate it for 60 years before. Entire life. <laughs> it takes time. Just be patient with your body. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's my big problem with the whole 30. I just see people like go freaking nuts after after the 30 days. Yeah. Well, that's like any crash diet, right? Yeah, but I'm I don't think whole 30 is a crash diet. Like the pro, I love well, it's the not program. supposed to be. Right. People yeah. make it a crash diet. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, their program is actually really detailed and they have so yeah. much information and science on their website, but people just don't want to go all in. So really ask yourself why you're doing it. I think the why is always going to carry you through. That's my thought on that. And I think just a big takeaway here is if you feel better eliminating a food, just listen to your body and do it. Like you will know in your gut, like quite literally. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Is that working for you? And like, why are you going to torture yourself? I think so many people are like, oh, I know I shouldn't eat ice cream because it makes me run to the bathroom. Like, why are you going to do that to yourself? I will never understand that. (laughs) It doesn't taste that good. I don't know. I love ice cream, but I, I don't know. Make the choice for yourself. It, there are so many options. I don't know. Like my friend that I brought up before, maybe it's possible you can clear those antibodies and clear the inf- uh, inflammation and reintroduce it, but it's not going to happen that quickly. So patience is awesome. Um, okay. Our favorite hacks. Renee, I'll let you go first. Yeah. So this week, my favorite hack is going to be a book. One of my favorite books all about gut healing uh, came out last year by Dr. Michael Ruscio. It's called Healthy Gut, Healthy You. It's on Amazon. It is so worth it. If you want to really do this elimination diet correctly and do it on your own, I think this book is the best guide. It'll literally take you through step-by-step, recommend different supplements based off of your current symptoms. And something interesting that he recommends everyone tries is you start off with a five-day bone broth fast just to get an idea, like when you eliminate all that, you know, gut inflammatory junk and do that bone broth fast, which symptoms are relieved. So it's like a really good test that you start off with, but then he guides you through the whole process. So go on Amazon, order that book. It is amazing. Can't recommend it. He's amazing. I love Dr. Ruscio. I I actually love him. I have a crush on him. (laughs) Dr. Ruscio, if you're listening right now, I know every time I see him at Paleo FX, I'm like, hi. I had the most awkward conversation with mom. She forced me to talk to him and I just, I could not form a sentence. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I hope he's listening right now. So number two, we've already discussed this, but a food journal, just the more information with pen and paper Um, and then food food sensitivity testing. So make sure you're not just doing the IgE Will Smith hitch reaction test, but the IgG, which is the less obvious symptoms, like the skin flare-ups, your skin is trying to tell you something, the fatigue in the afternoon, all of those non-classic symptoms of food reactions. I'm just going to add in one more. I'm going to say that dry farm wines is, is my hack because I know that I react to conventionally processed wine and actually most American wines, which are highly, highly toxic. And also because I know I have a reaction to tyramine, which is a byproduct of uh, wine fermentation. So dry farm wines is my hack. I feel so much better when I drink that. So that's my sort of way around my, my reaction to wine. Oh yeah. That's a great hack. 
I love, I love their wine. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. If you don't know about Dry Farm Wines, it's membership-based. They will send you, I think it's six or 12 bottles. You can cancel or pause the membership at any time, which is amazing. So I just like stock up my, my wine supply. And um, if I don't need bottles, then I pause it. And when I'm out, I get more. Uh, I and think they're delicious. Select, yeah, you can you can select white or red or a combo of both. It's like one of the the, the greatest finds that I've had in a, a really long time. Like yes, and wine can be a part of a healthy diet, so it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely, cool. Q and A. Do we have questions? One of the questions that we got was I thought very interesting for the elimination diet topic. It was about eating organic food versus non-organic, and what are the benefits. So I'm a big fan of eating as much organic as possible, right? Because we're going to be avoiding the pesticides, fungicides, especially the glyphosate, which is a huge issue now. If you're not familiar with that, please look that up, glyphosate. And again, non-GMO, so we're not dealing with the genetically modified foods when we're choosing organic, certified organic. And organic does have a little bit higher of nutrient levels. One step further for this is if you buy local, because even if it's organic, if it's being shipped across the country, it's going to lose a lot of the nutrients. So I would say buying local organic is super important. But to tie this in with the elimination diet is if you can choose all organic during this process, it's just one step further to make sure you're not actually reacting to, like I said, the pesticides and other issues of what they're spraying on our crops. Because I've actually had people come in and they're like, oh, I can't eat apples but then I have them switch to organic apples and they tolerate them fine. I'm like, okay, maybe you were reacting to the wax that they put on there. Maybe it was the pesticides or glyphosate, you know, who knows? So it's nice to just eliminate that one step further. So I totally think it's worth the extra money to buy organic. You know, people complain it's expensive, but my argument is always going to be cancer and heart disease and stroke and diabetes. Those are very expensive. Why not spend the money on the good quality food that's going to keep you healthy and alive longer now than paying it in medical bills later in life? It's worth it. Yeah. Prevention is everything. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's got to be a, um, a major reason why food allergies are on the rise because of all of that crap that they're putting on our food. It's not the actual food itself. Yeah. And there's a big argument today that this whole gluten-free fad is kind of stupid because it's not the gluten. People are actually saying it's the glyphosate. So glyphosate is used a lot in wheat, which is the major source of gluten in the US. And the glyphosate causes major gut inflammation. So that's a good question. Is it actually that that's causing all these gut issues? And Which is the reason why when people travel to Europe and they can eat all the pasta they want. Yep. And people are so confused about that. But yeah, they don't have that toxic exposure in other countries. Yeah. A lot of countries have banned glyphosate because it's so toxic. So unreal. We need yeah, to catch when, up. Yeah, really. I went to Italy and I ate so much pizza and pasta. It was amazing. Yeah. We have a long way to go with our food supply and agriculture, but uh, in the meantime, you can take this into your own hands and just one, do an elimination diet and pay attention to your symptoms because this stuff is again, not normal. So Thanks for hanging in there with us. If you have any further questions, as always, you can DM us on Instagram or email us at biohackerbabes at gmail.com. Renee, you have an exciting announcement. Oh, yes. Our next episode will be our first guest speaker. And it's actually going to be our dad, the original biohacker. It had to be him. He had to be the first. 
Yes. Yeah. So we're going to dive into a lot of his biohacking tips, but also about his incredible knowledge surrounding holistic and biological dentistry. So if you're curious about the connection with oral health and overall health, you can't miss this episode. It's going to be really fun. Awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Bye.